This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Brought to you by Scott's. And a good morning. Uh, I'm your sous chef, Frank Proctor, helping to dish the dirt, as it were. Yes, and, and we do giggle every, oh, every time we hear that intro. Do you know, uh, <laughs> I was uh, to a, um, a, a senior's star presentation. This is put on by the uh, good folks who uh, run a wonderful complex. Um, gee, I'm just trying. Isn't that awful now? <laughs> a name has just escaped me. Okay. But they, they have a, a competition. And I went to this competition on Thursday evening. And... Uh, I was amazed. A number of people come up to me and say, listen to you guys on Saturday morning. I'm not even a gardener, but I listen. Chartwell, just, that's it. Chartwell. Just, for, just yeah. for the giggle. Yeah. No, it was. it's it's great fun to, to put a, a face to the voice, they said. And I said, I know I sound so much taller. Yes. And Charlie is just about the same height. <laughs> and in her shorts today. Exactly. It's a gorgeous day. Well, is it ever. It's yeah, a, what a great day to be in the great. garden. Uh, and look, uh, there are lots of activities going on, too, I'm sure. There are. So let me quickly uh, bring up some of the well, things that are going right. on, because there's no question, tons to do. Actually, um, before I even get to some of the announcements of things that are coming up, yep. everybody who's listening now, stay tuned, because within the half hour, we're going to have a special guest. Uh, we're going to have Frances Newfeld join us from the Royal Botanical Gardens. She's the president of the Auxiliary, the Volunteers. And that brings me up to... Also going on at RBG today, until noon only, is the annual spring bulb sale put on by the, uh, the Volunteer Auxiliary. This is all happening in the Arboretum. Bargain prices for cool bulbs if you can get there before noon. But, of course, don't leave until 10 because we're here till 10. <laughs> That's right. And you're going to want to <laughs> Then race like hell over there. Yeah. That, what's going on, right? Uh, okay, but a couple things to also mark in your calendar. This Tuesday, June 21st at the Marshland Center in Lakefield, the Lakefield Hort Society is um, having an upcoming flower show. Everybody's welcome. Beautiful flowers. No charge for entrance. Refreshments are available. Of course, I think I mentioned last week... What do you give your dad for Father's Day, which is kind of wild and wacky? Did I mention this? This is going on at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. It is this Wednesday, June 22nd, from 7 till 9. Dennis Flanagan and Mark Cullen will be um, hosting a lively, informal evening of gardening advice, lawn care tips, tool talk, and more. TBG, or Toronto Botanical Gardens, will supply, be supplying the pizza and the beer. You bring your questions. Hey, that's great. So that's fun. So you can register through torontobotanicalgarden.ca or register your dad in for that, because that might be very, very fun for some people to do. Uh, next weekend, so Sunday, I guess, is the 26th. That sounds right. The Northumberland Big Sisters and Big Brothers are have their annual Northumberland Garden Tour. Seven idyllic rural properties near Coburg, which is, of course, one hour east of Toronto. For more information, toll-free, 
0484 is the number or heartofnorthumberland.ca. Uh, and then, okay, I've still got a few seconds because there's something else going on. I've got another little squiggly piece of paper here. Uh, <laughs> next Saturday and Sunday. This is neat. If you like gardening and you're an artist, you would love this. This is for the artist. Oh, oh This oh, is for those artiste. with right. creative flair. Hmm. A tour. It's the Garden Route through, it's all through Peterborough, Dawnwood, Lakefield, Bridge North, and Bethany next Saturday and Sunday. You will be able to see gorgeous art being created in some spectacular venues. I've been on this tour before. Have you? Really, yep. Is it cool? Yes. I, when I worked up in Lindsay, yeah. uh, we went on that day and I went on that tour. It's marvelous. Yeah, so it's from 10 to 4 each day. Mm-hmm. Next weekend, there's metal artists, copper artists, painters, photographers, carvers, sculptures. The list goes on and more artists keep joining daily. So it's whatever I tell you, it, there's going to be even more happening. So don't miss it is the bottom line. For more information, gardenroot.ca. And that's R-O-U-T-E. Good point. Very good. As opposed to R-O-O-T. That's correct. That's a really good point, actually. Garden root. It almost (laughs) should be R-O-O-T, Yeah, yeah, you think so. But it's root, as in, you know, going on, you know, a root. Rural root. Rural root, thank you. Uh, Right, so that's kind of fun. Excellent. And what else? Oh, I know. Let me read you a quick email. All right. It's a good question, too. Hi, Charlie. Absolutely love the show. Would like to know when to prune azaleas and lilacs. We live in western New York. Uh, This is from Sylvia Tolley. The answer, when to prune azaleas and lilacs right after they flower. Most lilacs are pretty much done flowering now. I know um, some of the Myrise, the Japanese lilacs, and my Miss Kim, which is a late bloomer, is just finishing now. So once the lilac flowers are done and they're all brown and toasty, trim them all off and then stand back and consider trimming the shrub because you remember those shrubs are going to grow six or eight inches yeah, yeah. between so now back, and what, next maybe year. If it's a really overgrown plant, yeah. you can take up to a third away. Okay. Uh, but always be looking at the proportions. Always be remembering growth is going to happen between now right. and next spring. Yeah. And you sure don't want to do any trimming in the fall or before the flowers happen next year. Same with azaleas. They don't grow quite as quickly. But, you know, flowers are pretty much done. Now, I'm assuming that Sylvia was asking about the hardy azaleas, uh, which are the ones we leave outdoors year-round. I don't do a lot of trimming of those. Um, maybe Sylvia's are growing like stink. Mine grow very slowly. But again, it's more of a proportional thing. Remove the flowers when they're done and then trim for health and proportion. And uh, if she's talking about florist azaleas, mm-hmm. which are the ones we bring indoors, then those could definitely get a haircut now. They're, they're growing like crazy. So a haircut and some fertilizer for all those plants. They finish flowering. Give them, a, give them a trim and fertilize. All righty. There you have it. Right from the gardener's mouth. Uh, <laughs> our master gardener. I was waiting for what you were going to say. <laughs> Charlie Dominant. <laughs> Only you would say growing like stink when I'm talking about flowers. Unbelievable. Uh, our phone number is 416-360-0740. And anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And David Gaskin, our producer, has done a great job. We've got folks waiting on the line to talk to us. We'll be back to you in just a moment here on AM740. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And I'm Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, welcoming Ellen from Toronto to the uh, show, buzzing right in here. Hello there, Ellen. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. Morning. Good morning. I have a question about bees. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I have a five-year-old pergola with two-by-fours on the roof. And uh, bees have been infesting it for the last few years. They look like bumblebees. And when I go out in the morning, there's sawdust that's falling down on a table or whatever's underneath. And I wondered if I, there was any way I could treat that lumber to, so they stop coming. Hmm. Good question, actually. And they look like bumblebees, so they're big and round. Yes, and this year, woodpeckers have arrived. Oh, hmm. So I'm wondering if I should just have it taken down. Well, are, and the woodpeckers are, are beating on the pergola? Well, they're beating on the two-by-fours where uh, I guess the bees must have gone in and laid eggs or whatever they do. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Exactly. See, sawdust obviously means somebody's burrowing. Yeah. And if it's the bees, it's, there's a whole many different going con- on in there. Well, it wouldn't be a true hive. It'd just be individual eggs laid in the wood, and now the woodpeckers are trying to get those little eggs or larvae out. Um, the there like wa- there are wasps. You know how wasps yeah, yeah. build a paper nest. Mm-hmm. They s- take little pieces of wood, like they basically kind of strip the wood away and use that to build their nests off-site somewhere else. But if they're actually burrowing and drilling and, you know, making holes in the wood and laying eggs, you're right. You're going to need to spray with something. Um, Off the top of my head, what I'd be inclined to think about would be one of two products. Probably the one I would want to use is Scott's makes an insecticide that is called Bug Be Gone Outdoor Insecticide. And outside. Bug be gone. Yeah, there's a bug be gone for inside and a bug be gone for outside. So you want one for outside. And it has pyrethrins in it, which will kill on contact. It also has some oil in it, canola oil. You Uh shake it. It tells you very clearly, you know, shake, 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 shake. So not a soap solution, but pyrethrins mixed with oil. And what you want to do is spray and get a real, like a superficial layer on the wood. You may not actually hit any insects, but the idea is that when the insects come along later, they're not going to want to burrow into that wood. You want to get some kind of, a, you know, almost a, a coating or, a, yeah, you know, yeah. something happening on the wood to try and discourage them. Is there any plants growing on the pergola at all? No, this is a little deck off my kitchen door. Yeah, so it's just like a and, simple uh, smell. <laughs> The uh, I do have one of those artificial beehives, mm-hmm. and I find that the bees stay within six feet away from it. Yeah, the the fake ones, the ones you yeah. hang. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe some of our listeners might have an idea uh, about how to handle this uh, bee I'm problem. I'm wondering if I should have that those two by fours replaced. I feel that uh, I paid for pressure treated wood, mm-hmm. but maybe the builder ran a little short and put a few <laughs> untreated in. Well, but see, yeah, the pressure treated, depending on what kind it was, it should keep the insects away because it has been, uh, you know, it's absorbed all kinds of copper, et cetera, that's yeah. going to be something bugs don't like. And yet you're right. And, of course, cedar, if you can afford it, is always the best just because it's got so much resin and oil in it. It really lasts outside but for the longest. The, uh, the oil in this Scott spray, outside spray, yep. would uh, have a residual effect. Exactly. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, that well, that might great. be worth uh, worth working with. So for now, let's run with that. But as Frank said, maybe somebody who's listening has a, has a better idea. Uh-huh. And we'll, I'll, I'll also see if I can get any Do more information. Do you have time to ask, answer another question? No, I'm sorry, oh, love, we sorry don't. Sorry, because okay. I've got a, no, a plant we can't. <laughs> from... Uh, we only we only take one question per call, and uh, that's that's the little mantra we have: call early, call often. But in fairness to our other callers, 
uh, we only answer one question at a time. You can call back. That's right, That's Ellen. Fine. Don't hesitate okay. to call back. Uh, sorry about that, but we have to kind of push along here. We do have folks waiting on the line, and we'll be back to talk to Ellie in Rochester, New York, in just a couple of moments. Uh, I was usually about this time of the show, I uh, throw it over to Charlie and say, well, get doing your exercises That's because right. it's time for a little chat about Sierra Sill. But we've got some special news this morning, Charlie. Huh? Well, Frank, as you know, there is a postal disruption going yep. on across Canada right now. And Sierra Sill, which, if anybody hasn't heard of it, is a mineral supplement that both Frank and I take to keep ourselves limber and moving and, and pain-free. But Sierra Sill does rely on the Postal Service to deliver their product to clients and customers. If you're an auto ship customer, meaning you have a, a, an ongoing contract with Sierra Sill, they are now couriering those pre-ordered packages of Sierra Sill to all their, their customers at no additional charge. But if you're a rural route customer with a post box, Sierra Sill needs an actual address for you. So just anybody who's listening who is one of those auto ship people that relies on a post box, get in touch with the Sierra Sill people and give them your actual address or an alternate address where the product can be shipped. The other thing is for everybody else is you can buy Sierra Sill at all the, the health food stores. Um, like Ambrosia, Whole Foods, Big Carrot, they all carry Sierra Sill, so there's that option as well if you can't get it via the post or the, the courier system. For more information, call the people in Sierra Sill, one joint 14 You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And here on the Charlie Dobbin Show, Frank Proctor, glad to be aboard, as well as the sous chef saying good morning to Ellie in from Rochester, New York. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Ellie. Good morning. Morning. I'm calling about my rhubarb. Mm -hmm. I moved three years ago. I'm in the same area. I didn't move out of town or anything, but I brought some of the rhubarb with me. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't seem to grow big enough. It's like pencil size. Mm. How much sun is it getting? It's, It's in the south. So it's getting like all day sun. Yes. How's the soil? Well, soil might be poor, but... That might be making the difference. It's all about organic matter. So are you in clay soil, like a heavy soil or a sandy soil? Well, it's kind of sandy, I guess. Yeah. Because, you know, rhubarb, in order to grow those big leaves and, you know, have those big luscious stems, they need to be able to access moisture and nutrient in the soil. Sandy soil, of course, the water goes through it so quickly and the nutrient tends to travel with the water. So when it comes to sandy soils, the best thing you could do is get some good compost or some composted manure and dig some of that in around the rhubarb. I think you would find that would make a huge difference. Um, Actually, it's in a a location where it gets a lot of water because I'm kind of on a slope Mm -hmm. and the, the water just lays in the the background. Mm. So it's kind of a soggy area then. Yes. Well, it doesn't, rhubarb doesn't want to sit in to be constantly wet. So there, there's that as well. If it's a very low spot and it's quite moist, uh, I think more about some of the plants that, that can handle those moist conditions and get the rhubarb into a, maybe a higher spot in the garden. And, but if it is, like I say, a really sandy soil, do amend the soil before you move the rhubarb. Actually, I don't have another place to move. Oh. <laughs> how about a how about a big pot, big half barrel or something like that? That yeah, could work. I could put in a big pot, but I don't know. Does it grow well there? Oh, it could. It you know, it rhubarb is very tough, 
uh, the fact that it's withstanding the, the move and the conditions it's in right now, I, as long as it's a big enough pot, it will overwinter, you know, but make sure it's a sunny spot and the, you do remember to fertilize because in the pots, of course, same thing. The liquid goes through fairly quickly and takes the nutrient with it. And you leave the pot out all winter? Yeah, yeah. You would leave it out all winter. Well, maybe I'll try that. Maybe get better luck. You might. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hopefully. Let, let us know how you uh, get along with that, okay? All right. Fine. Thank, thank you, Ellie. Call, thank Ellie. you so much. All right. 925 here at AM 740, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. And uh, let's welcome Betty to the line in Toronto. Hello, Betty. Morning. Good morning. Uh Tell that lady I got lots of rhubarb. She can come and <laughs> <in> the line. <laughs> All right. All uh, right. My question is peonies. Mm-hmm. Now that they've bloomed, mm-hmm. should we cut them off before they that little bud comes on the top? Yes. Or fertilize them. Well, both. both. Remember, you yes. Once the flowers are done, unless for some reason you want to start growing peonies from seed, then you do want a deadhead. Good. So remove the the, the flower and the stem just back so that it doesn't look ugly, you know, kind of hanging out that blunt cut stem. I usually go down a couple of leaves down the stem, two or three leaves where I make my cut to remove the flowers. Mm -hmm. Then yes, absolutely. If you haven't done some real thorough fertilizing of all your garden this spring, it is time to do so now. Uh, And even if you did fertilize a month or so ago, it's time to fertilize again. Good. Okay. Okay, thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thank Bye. you, Betty. Thanks okay, for your call. I, I do believe before I guess we have time for one more caller here. Uh, Susan in Dundalk uh, calling in. Hi, good morning, Susan. Welcome to Charlie Dobbins Garden Show. Good morning. Morning. Um, I have black currant bushes that produce thousands of flowers, and then they all fall off. Mm. I have a bee colony within 50 feet, so I don't know whether they need the bees to pollinate or... But, I, I just never get any currants, and I've had these things for 20 years. I'm still trying. You still Okay, so you just have the one bush then? Oh, no, I have about 20, 25 bushes. Wow, and mm. no berries on any of them? I get one or two. Wow. All the rest just fall off. They, it looks like somebody's just eaten everything, you know, nipped right off. And I don't know where they go. Wow. So you get the flowers, mm-hmm. and then we... Um, um, this is a good question. I don't know why we aren't um, uh, make, getting uh, the um, actual fruit. Unless, uh, now, the black currants, are they all the same variety of black currants? No, they're not. I've wow. bought various ones from nurseries. I've had people give me bushes with currants on them. I plant them. The following year, there's nothing standing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying. This is a puzzle. Uh, okay, so you know what? You're going to have to leave that with me. And again, maybe somebody who's listening has a suggestion because... Yes, there is cross-pollination with currants. Yes, you do need more than one variety, but you do have that covered. They're happy, healthy shrubs, by the sounds of it. Yes, they're they flowering are. like crazy. Mm. There should be pollination taking place. I mean, it's I mean, it's not like yeah, somebody's coming along and eating all those little berries in the middle of the night or anything. They start as almost look like string of pearls, right, of little green berries. Yeah, that will... I, I don't even get that. I get all the flowers, and then the next time I go out, I've got maybe two Three little berries on one stem. Hmm. If I'm lucky, hmm. and if I can get twenty currants off one bush, I'm doing really well. Wow! And you wanted to open a black currant factory, by the sounds of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love the smell of them for a start. That's yeah. why I've never destroyed them. I could go out there and just sniff the color, you know, the yeah. leaves. But oh dear, it really is. 
Wow. Okay, Susan, this is a great question. I, you know, uh, we're going to get an answer. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Okay. So if we don't come up with a good answer by the end of today, listen in next week, and I will do everything in my power to get this figured out for you. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. Right. Thanks for joining the show. A pleasure to be with you here on AM740, Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, every Saturday morning, 9 through to 10. And I'm Frank Proctor, your sous chef. Phone numbers uh, we'll give you now, but uh, in the moment we're going to be welcoming a guest to the show. Uh, here they are, 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty. That's for Toronto callers and anywhere else in the province. Toll free one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty, and I think your special guest has arrived. I believe she has. Are you there, Francis? I certainly am. Good morning. Hello, Good morning. Francis. I am Frank. Yes, I've heard all about you. Ah, uh, <laughs> she she pre warned you, didn't she? <laughs> yes, she did. uh, For everybody else, yes. Show. This is Francis Newfeld. She's the president of the Royal Botanical Gardens Auxiliary Volunteer Auxiliary. So. Listen, you and I had a nice chat earlier this week about all the things that volunteers do for the Royal Botanical Gardens. Yes, we, we're uh, very fortunate to have a wide variety of ways to contribute, but uh, we have a great garden to do that for. It's for sure. You know, uh, Francis, just before the show, uh, Charlie mentioned to me that you were going to be a special guest and mentioned the number of hours that you volunteers put in at the Royal Botanical Garden to, that just... Uh, Amazed me. Well, I told Frank that there's currently about 340 volunteer members yeah, of the auxiliary, right. and on an annual basis, over 50,000 hours, volunteer yeah. hours, That's are right. given to the gardens. Pretty close. We're close to, we had 45,000 last year, and there'll be more probably this year because we've had, this of course is our anniversary year, yes. so we're putting even more hours in. Sure, 50 years, 50,000 hours, makes <laughs> yeah, sense to me. Right. Yes, which is exactly right. This is what's going on this coming up week, is a big party, big garden party, to celebrate 50 years of volunteering at the Royal Botanical Gardens. Yes, and uh, and we're really following in the footsteps of a really marvelous family. Uh, you may recall the Laking family that's mm-hmm. been a big part of Burlington yes. and Hamilton, uh, well, Ontario and Canada, in fact, for all the work that they've done, particularly in the gardening area. And uh, so we've been, as I say, 50 years, and our party is going to be, I think, rather fun. First of all, it's free for everybody to come in. For everybody. You don't have to be a volunteer, right? You don't have to be a volunteer. Anybody off the street. Yeah, we just say, come on in. Come and see what we'll have displays of all the areas that volunteering goes on, Mm -hmm. so you can have a look at that. But also, you get a chance to walk through this wonderful glass atrium down into the gardens and look and, and have a preview of the Rose Festival that's yes, coming next dirty. week. Yep. Uh, we're right in the Rose Garden area, Henry Park Gardens, so it'll be great fun. We'll do some commemorative pre- tree planting, unveil a plaque, and eat some cake, but have, mostly have a lot of fun and in the garden with friends. Prizes and giveaways. Oh, yeah. Prize for everybody. There'll be something as you come in, so there'll be a prize for to take away with you and uh, enjoy. Also, I should say, that the um, shop at the gardens is also celebrating 50 years, and mm-hmm. so they're going to be giving special deals at the shop mm-hmm. when you come in to uh, visit. Hmm. I was just thinking about the number of new 
people that come to Toronto and the Hamilton areas looking for ways to meet new people. Boy, this sounds to me like the perfect fix. You know, mm-hmm. you, if if they could get connected with the volunteer group at the uh, gardens there, that'd be a wonderful way to, to make new friends. Uh, and is it is as simple as that, making a phone call and saying, hey, I'm willing to come in a few hours a week or whatever? Absolutely. Also, if people are online, there's a place to go online and just and and uh, email. It comes in directly to the the uh, computer that I look after as the as the president. And membership calls people up right away and finds out what their interests are. We come in, take you around for a little tour of and give you a chance to see some of the places we uh, work. Uh, I'll tell you some. We we have a workshop that runs with some flower arrangers. We do a show called Christmas Show by Design. We've got um, we have an auxiliary garden. We do children's programming, help out with a nature interpretive center. Mm-hmm. We've got an education and gardening information group, um, almost as good as what you do, Charlie. <laughs> I bet. No, I bet you guys are pretty talented. Oh, well, you know, the, the thing is the incredible uh, number of the expertise mm. that comes with people that mm. uh, join in. It's uh, uh, This kind of organization is remarkable. We've got trail watchers, and, of course, uh, we help out of the garden shop and tours. We do tours people can take. Once you get to know a little bit more about the gardens, you can uh, become part of the tour guides. We have a big plant sale that's just finished and actually continues through the summer on Tuesdays and Thursdays at the Arboretum, so you can come and get you know, special plants that came out of the, some of which, a fair number of them, in fact, came out of the gardens at the RBG. Right, some of the special stuff. Yeah, so we've got library, we've got heritage irises and mm-hmm. a big tulip bulb sale that was on last weekend and continues. So, mm-hmm. oh, this weekend is the big tulip bulb sale, so you can get wonderful buys on tulips. I think we had 60,000 tulip bulbs we were dusting and cleaning <laughs> and packaging up so people could purchase them. And, um, and just to, to help, because um, Frank won't really get this, those were all <laughs> blooming this spring in yeah. the gardens, probably a lot in the rock gardens, right? That's right. So the rock gardens were just ablaze with bulbs a few weeks ago, and the volunteers have gone and lifted all those bulbs, dried them down, cleaned them up, dusted them, packaged them, labeled them, and are now selling them at super prices oh, to the public. Yeah, right. And why did they lift them all? Because nobody wants to see their ugly foliage dying down in the gardens. Yeah. And so in public gardens, we tend to lift, and very wealthy private gardens, we're, we just replace our bulbs every year, as That's opposed right. to people like me right. who look at the ugly foliage at this time of year <laughs> as it dies down in my garden. So, so that's pretty cool. And And what I think is so neat is that Volunteers, there's so many different levels of volunteering at RBG. I mean, you could be working in the archives. You could be working in the gift shop. You could be out right. planting. As you said, you could be out on the trails being a trail watcher or, exactly. or doing tours. It's, it's, there's something for everybody. Yes, it doesn't is. matter how old you are. doesn't matter, you know, your gender, your background. The point we is if a, you're enthusiastic. Absolutely. We have a 90-year-old lady that comes in uh, into the workshop, for example, mm-hmm. and she has wonderful expertise. She was a former Milner, I believe, mm-hmm. and, and she spends time uh, working with her hands in the workshop and just thoroughly enjoying the conversation mm-hmm. um, of all the other ladies in the workshop. And as well, we have young, cho- uh, young students who are coming through, mm-hmm. helping out. So there's a wide variety of things, in, whether it's in children's programming or, you know, in the gardens. There's mm-hmm. something for everybody, as you say. Yeah, so the, there's lots of hands-on opportunities, clean and dirty, I think is kind of, kind of the option there. Yeah. Uh, so 
honestly, RBG couldn't couldn't survive without without the auxiliary. Well, we like to think that. <laughs> I think not. I think that you know, really, absolutely. I think I'm going to be a volunteer just so I can vote for you as president again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, tell well, us a bit. Of, looking for talented gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Tell us a bit about what you. Uh, clearly, you're the president, and that's how you volunteer now. But is that how you've always volunteered? Was through the sort of administration of the auxiliary? No, no. I started first. Pot- well, I had heard when I was uh, starting my garden, uh, uh, well, getting more into my garden, I had a little bit more time when I was uh, retired. I went um, to the pot. I heard about the great things at the plant sale mm-hmm. and went to see what was there, lined up at mm-hmm. 8 o'clock in the morning so I could get in and get I, the plants I wanted. I've done that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, um, and then found out that I could volunteer, so I joined that and uh, was potting in the wintertime, and it was lovely. Yeah. And uh, then uh, my mother, I was looking after an elderly mother, so I had to give a little less time. So I went into the workshop and did some things there and found and started to develop my eye. I love to cut my flowers from my garden, so mm-hmm. this helped develop my eye on how to arrange things and and met incredible um, ladies and gentlemen in the workshop. So that was interesting to me, too. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, and then I sat on membership tables. It was a series of things. One mm-hmm. thing led to another, and you found out another area that was kind of interesting. And and uh, and then all the, the, the variety of people and the backgrounds that they bring adds yeah. to that interest. That's right, because people from all over the world, right? That's right. So we different have a designer plan. that just came in from England, yeah. who a young woman who has moved here, and well, she's from Scotland originally, but she's won prizes in mm-hmm. national, international pli- prizes for her design, wow. fresh flower design. So very, very exciting. Yeah. So like a high level of expertise. I mean, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. So oh, we've got guys. Um, we manage all our finances, so mm-hmm. we have uh, people... Retired accountants, <laughs> probably, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, bringing in that part of sure. it. Got, yeah, so we've got... You you tell me your talent, and we've got a place. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll put them to work. I, I, it sounds like, and Francis will have a job for you if you've got something to share. So this is wonderful. I'm so glad that so RBG is celebrating all this volunteerism, all the hard work over all these many years, 50 years. And yeah. I think, did you tell me there was going to be some maybe some volunteers uh, attending who were from 50 years ago? Yes, indeed. Well, not, uh, not quite 50. Um, well, there are some of the original ladies are going to be there. Um, we started as a women's committee in 1961, right. but then changed um, to allow men in, and uh, the men started really actually in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And our longest living past president, Bessie Milflin, is going to be there. She's going to cut the cake with uh, with the board me- one of our board members from the RBG mm-hmm. proper. And um, we've got four or five ladies and uh, who were on the original committee started in 61 that are going to be there Neat. and help us pull back this uh, wonderful tribute that the RBG has given uh, a rock with a, mm. a big, uh, with a plaque in it. So we'll do that. But we'll eat cake and we'll do other things. Sounds too, like a fun food. time. Sure. And trees to plant and gifts yeah. and, and educational opportunities to try and solicit more volunteers, obviously. So that's this yeah. Wednesday? Wednesday, 1 o'clock. One. People come to the, the main... Uh, place uh, on Plains Road, right. the main, although that's one of our challenges, you know, the Arboretum and the Rose Garden are down in Hamilton, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're, we're really a garden of two cities. Mm-hmm. It's actually, and, I, and a lot of people don't realize that this is the largest garden in Canada, right. um, oh, and uh, the only royal garden in North America, so we've, we're really lucky to have this resource close to us. 
<laughs> anyway, come at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Mission and parking's free. People will help you find your way, and there's lots of volunteers doing that. That's right. <laughs> and you'll get a special gift and come in. And if you want, you can stay on later in the evening because there's jazz in the garden oh, at that yeah. park at Henry Park. That's Garden. a full day. A full Wednesday day. Should be great on. fun. Well, Francis, as president, I think you will remember another president having once said, "If I and you'll recognize the voice, I think, uh, ask not what your garden can do for you, <laughs> ask what you can do for your garden." <laughs> Isn't that right? You I'm sure that know that, that he stole that quote. Too. <laughs> That's a quote from Bernard Shaw. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Francis. Have a real hoot on Wednesday. Oh, I will, and I should say you are all well. Both of you are most welcome to come to the garden anytime. If you give us a holler, will I'd be my pleasure to take you around myself. Thank By you. the way, I also have rhubarb to share with anybody, <laughs> and I have had some bees that attacked the front of our house. Oh yes, <laughs> I think we're gonna have a little more coming up on the bees. Actually, it looks oh, like we got some great callers with bee info. Once it's hard because once they come, mm. it's hard to get rid of them. No question. All right. Well, thanks right. again. Thank Pleasure you meeting you, uh, Francis. Look forward to seeing you in person sometime. Great. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye now. There she is, Francis. Uh, Newfeld. Lovely, uh, Newfeld, lovely, yeah. uh, lovely lady and uh, obviously very busy. No kidding. Yeah. Always lots to do in the garden. You got it. Yep. Hey, it's 942, and you're right. You glanced at our little monitor here, and we do have people with bee solutions and other questions coming along. Fred from Fergus has patiently been waiting on the line up with a squirrel problem, of all things. Well, let's see what's happening there in just a moment here at AM 740's Charlie Dobbins Garden Show. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, brought to you by Scott's. And a good morning from Frank Proctor, too, on this beautiful Saturday, 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere else in the province. It's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And good morning, Fred in Fergus. Thanks for being patient and waiting on the lines for us. How are you this morning? Oh, very good. Uh, the weather is beautiful today. Gorgeous. Yeah. I have a question. I have uh, three or four pots of uh, petunias and impatience, mm-hmm. and I have squirrels. And Di- they, they're digging in the pots. They're, they're smart little devils. <laughs> They come in and they're, they're wrecking my plants all together. I've tried everything. I've tried mothballs. I've tried cayenne pepper, but that don't seem to bother them. They get up in their little trees and they just sit there and look at me like they're laughing. <laughs> so, so what are they doing? They're digging in the pots of impatience and petunias? Yes, they are. And they're either trying to bury or dig and just make a mess. That's right. And you sprinkled the cayenne pepper on the... Petunias and impatience, or where did you try the cayenne pepper? Right around the pot, you know, mm. not inside, but around the edge of the pot. Okay, so I think that the humanitarians or the you know the wildlife lovers out there would say, maybe you should feed the squirrels. Maybe you should get some peanuts going on far away from the deck, far away from your pots, and sort of say, okay, squirrels, here's your space over here, <laughs> and like keep them happy and, and hopefully happy over in their corner far from your pots. The other thing is you might have to just look at real mechan- almost mechanical control. Um, I've tried laying 
chunks of rose canes on the surface of the soil of my pots so that when the little squirrels start trying to dig, of course, their little feet run into these prickly canes and then they don't like that. Um, I've tried, you know, even um, spring, you know, crushed up eggshells sometimes can help just because they're a little bit sharp. The cayenne pepper should work, but it's all designed that they either sniff it, makes them sneeze, or it gets on their feet and then... But, of course, if they're digging, it all comes off their feet anyway. It gets left behind yeah. and doesn't do much to, for the plants. It doesn't do anything. Um, you know, it, it, get a dog. <laughs> can help. <laughs> well, well, I'm in an apartment. <laughs> so, yeah. but, uh, Are you, so you've got a good-sized balcony? Is that what's going on, that they're coming yeah, up on the balcony? Yeah, I'm on the ground floor. Oh, okay. And well, uh, I, I just love the flowers, yeah. you know, but so do they. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, yeah. it does come to almost like almost having to cage the, the plants to keep them protected. But yeah. meanwhile, I would be diverting the squirrels if you can. Train your squirrels. Frank's got yeah, a squirrel I, school going Sammy on. Sammy the squirrel, my apartment uh, balcony, uh, I throw out uh, three or four uh, shell peanuts, you know, the peanuts in the yeah. shell. And they uh, love them. Yeah, we're calling Frank the squirrel whisperer now, actually. <laughs> oh. He's, he, I think we're going to rent him out to send him off to people's homes to help them with these crazy squirrels. He's going to teach the squirrels how to live nicely with humans. The funny thing is, Sammy the squirrel brought up another buddy. Oh, great. Who, who now we've called Davis, and we're waiting for Junior to arrive. <laughs> but anyway. Well, I'll put a sign out. Uh, Look at guys. Go on over to Frank's place. That's, That's right. right. That's you right. got it. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Heard hope them we... on down to St. Catharines. <laughs> okay, thank Good you luck, very much. Fred. Okay, hope we helped in some degree. Uh, coming around to uh, 9.50 here at AM 740. And uh, once again, time to have a little word for our friends at Sierra Sill, who will become your friends, and you'll become better for it. Right, Charlie? <laughs> Absolutely. Boy, that was smooth. Thank you. <laughs> um, Sierrasil is a uh, mineral supplement that we use to keep ourselves limber. And, you know, what better Father's Day gift or Grandfather's Day gift as our fathers are, you know, need to be put on a throne and, and treated as royalty tomorrow. Yes. Uh, it might be a wonderful thing to, to think about for our fathers and grandfathers because then that they can get up and play a round of golf or get out in the garden or, you know, get some chores done <laughs> on Monday because, of course, they don't have to do any chores tomorrow. Tomorrow is the the, the famous mm-hmm. Father's Day where we do try and honor the father. But in the meantime, Sierra Silk can be something that can make everybody feel better. If you've got any stiffness in your joints, Sierra Silk can really li- keep you feeling pain-free. Give them a call, one joint 14 There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Brought to you by Scott's. And Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, here welcoming Zorita from Etobicoke with a comment on the bees. Hi, Zorita. Hi. Morning. Good morning. I love your show, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Um, only have problem with the bees, you can put a uh, white vinegar, baking soda, and water, and you just spray it. Mm-hmm. Or you can put a chalk, one, two piece, and all part, and let slowly burning so it's everything going move away. Really? Okay, yeah. but these are bees. Okay, so I actually did a little bit of research after that call because these are bees I'm not familiar with. And it was Ellen who called about bees in her pergola. There is a carpenter bee that does drill holes and lay eggs in wood. Uh, and that's what she seems to have happening. Uh, and the spray you're suggesting was vinegar, baking soda, and water? Yes, white vinegar. Well, it's got to be white vinegar. Yes. Okay. And because the smell and the. Uh, 
uh, bees and everything move away. Okay. Oh, that's a good yeah. idea. And spray that right on the wood. Okay, baking soda water. And, and what was the other thing you said to put in the pot? Chalk. Okay. You know the chalk is a barbecue? Oh, uh, 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 coal? Uh, no. Chalk? Uh, chalk. Chalk, I think. He's calling it in English. Oh, charcoal. Yes, yes, yes. yes charcoal. There yes. we go. You put on two, three pieces in the old pot and let them burning slowly. Oh, yeah. It's everything moving uh, away. Okay, yeah. So, uh, uh, so charcoal in a pot, uh, smoldering, or a barbecue smoke, even, yeah. smoldering, sort of smoke them out. Yes. Yeah, that could work. That could work, exactly. Yeah, um, there's a good chemical because you use too much chemical here and there. I agree. And it's going in here. I agree. So this one is old-fashioned. That's okay. good. I love well, it. Thank you for that. That's a great suggestion. And uh, lots of people have problems with the squirrels, too. Mm-hmm. Just you put them same. And it's going to disappear. Really? The same, yes. the same spray, the vinegar, baking soda, water? Yes. And okay. the chalk, you can put an old pot again yep. and just let slowly to burn. Hmm. Don't make it a fire. No. But, like, you know, everybody have the old pots or something. Sure. And put them slowly to burn so everything is begun. Good idea. Well, hey, you know, Zarina, these are, thank you. Yeah, good suggestions. Thank you for that. And uh, the lots of people have problem. You can put on, you know, the coffee you make and eating coffee with the ground. Yes. You can put on inside and a plant. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Coffee grounds are great. Per, yes. Pure organic matter. Yeah. I agree. Yep. Well, thank yeah, you so much for your suggestions. Matter. Thanks. I mean, that's nature, you know. That's uh, nature is right. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, Rita. And we're going to John in <laughs> Hamilton, who has another good bee solution for us. Hi, John. You doing good <laughs> morning. Great, great to hear you both again Thank uh, what you. my suggestion is uh the lady who just called i like that mm-hmm. but um if in doubt i would suggest you call the minister of natural resources because mm-hmm. i was having problems with uh uh critters digging up my new lawn for grubs mm-hmm. and i called them and they told me to put down uh um, pepper seeds, which I passed on to, I believe, to your show mm-hmm. uh, a number of years ago, and uh, they seem to be able to come up with a real good solution. Yeah, okay. That's a good idea, too. MNR, and uh, as you may have heard as well, uh, the, the original caller, Ellen, what she was talking about was, you know, something actually nesting and, and sawdust yeah. beneath. And on a quick, very quick Google search, sure enough, there is a bee called a carpenter bee that does just that. And they look like big bumblebees, but they aren't bumblebees. The yeah. females are laying eggs. The males don't sting. And don't yeah, put your, your finger through that hole that yeah, they've done because the female does sting. Right? That's right. Yeah. And the female is in what could be a pencil-sized hole laying eggs. Yeah, don't put your finger in there. But if you're going to do any spraying, like... Zarita's suggestion yeah. or my suggestion, it's into that hole. You really need to kill the little larvae that, that are being laid or right, the queen, right. one yeah. or the other. Yeah. So good stuff. Well, thanks. Okay, MNR is always much. a good suggestion. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, you very much for joining the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, as we, uh, as is our want to be here every Saturday morning from 9 through to 10. And we Marilyn, want it. Uh, yes, we want to. Marilyn <laughs> in Oshawa is with us. Hi, Marilyn. Hi, how are you? This morning? Good. Good morning. Yeah, I'm having trouble. I think it's, I call them wild violets. They mm-hmm. have a little purple flower in the spring, mm-hmm. but they're just taking over everything. I've tried path clear. I've tried weed be gone. It just doesn't touch them. Oh, really? So you found path clear didn't make a difference, eh? No, it didn't. I, in fact, I put it down and then I covered it with a, an orange tarp because mm-hmm. I didn't want the dog to get at it. And it still didn't do anything to them. They just seemed to spread more and more. The leaves didn't turn yellow at all. 
No. Now, meanwhile, these are violets growing in your lawn or growing in well, the garden? They're, they're, they started in the, in the side flower bed, but mm-hmm. they've gone into the lawn and into the other flower beds now. Okay, I'll tell you um, the honest truth. You, they are a problem. Uh, they are a native, uh, what you're calling wild violets, yes, beautiful little plants, heart-shaped leaves, little blue flowers in the spring. Right. Then they they set seed, and they take advantage of any bare or thin spots in your lawn. Oh, so yeah. it starts with one violet, and before you know it, you got 12 in that same spot. <laughs> now, I have only had success killing them by either digging, and that means not just sort of gently tugging, but really digging out all the root action that's there yeah, and all the seeds that are attached. Forever, right? Yeah, or suffocating. And even suffocation, I found um, over the winter, I still had violets growing up through, you know, thick layer of newspaper and a thick layer of leaves, killed right. the lawn, but the vi- some violets still survived. So, yes, it is a real ongoing digging issue. And, yes, if it's in your lawn, you really, it's going to be dig it out, pla- have a, you know, plastic bag. Don't be trying to compost them because you'll probably just, the seeds will survive. Right. And uh, bake them in a pl- green garbage bag if you can before you... We were thinking you- of putting that black... Um- yep. Tarp, plastic. Tarp over it and then put mulch over yeah. top. Yeah, that will kill them eventually, but you're going to have to leave that tarp there for at least a month. Yeah. Should I spray them first with something again? Or? Well, if they're in your lawn, I hesitate to do a lot well, of no, spraying. I think more the flower bed, actually. Uh, it, you know what? If you've tried, see, Path Clear and the Weed Be Gone are both vinegar-based, as far as I know. And right. there's a strong smell of vinegar. Usually the leaves should turn yellow, but it is going to take more than one spray to kill the roots. Okay. And you have to be very careful to not spray anything you love. Right. Okay. Okay, I'll give it a try, then. Okay. Very good. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for joining so the show. Much. Okay, bye. Uh, bye-bye, Marilyn. Have a great Saturday, and really, you're guaranteed with the weather we've got. All over Ontario is gorgeous today. Just absolutely beautiful. And I'm heading north, so I'm heading up into hopefully some beautiful weather as well. Yeah, yeah, you're off to a little cottage opening and that sort of thing. Yes, and uh, clear some cobwebs. I'm going to be back at 11 o'clock after the boys uh, from the garage uh, get through with the, the folks here. Yeah, it's awfully greasy in here after Well, yeah, oh, I know, I know. Kind of, They're pulling up the garage door now, I see. What are you so, doing on your show when actually, you Actually, I'm looking forward very much to about quarter to two there, about you know, uh, Glenn Miller's orchestra is coming to the Roy Thompson Hall oh, uh, next Friday night, the 24th. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the same stage, Susie Arioli and her swing band will be there. And I'm going to be talking to Susie today. Neat. And she's just a great talent, uh, fabulous talent. So cool. you get two, you know, two banks for a buck there. There you go. Uh, next Friday night. And it's an AM740 presentation, might I say. Even too. better. Yes. And more. And Excellent. more. Well, thank you, Frank. Have a wonderful weekend, a good show. Thanks, Dave, for all your good help. Thank and you, thanks David. to all our good callers. I really yeah. appreciate the questions and the answers. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.